Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everybody, I'm Sess Busby, editor of Mind Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Tina McIntosh, the founder of Brain Changer. After over a decade of suffering chronic pain, Tina was desperate for a solution when she stumbled upon the work of Professor Lorimer Mosley and Dr. David Butler and their book Explain Pain. Suddenly, something clicked, and after further research, Tina developed Brain Changer as a digital self-management system that put neuroscience into pain management. The idea was to help people rethink their way to a pain-free existence. Brain Changer was the ACT winner of our Innovators competition, and Tina is here today to share a little of her journey. Hi, Tina. It's so great having you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Now, I'd like to start with your entrepreneurial journey because like a lot of entrepreneurs, your business started because of wanting to solve a problem. And in your case, it was a personal issue for you, wasn't it? It was indeed. Um, So back in 2003, I was working in a stressful office job as an executive and I developed excruciating pain in my arms, wrists and hands. And I I went to my doctor and I was eventually prescribed a month off work and a strong anti-inflammatory. And then fast forward a decade, 10 whole years, And I was still living with that level of excruciating pain, despite having tried various different medications, exercise programs. Um, I'd even had 18 rounds of steroid injections into my neck. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So um, on that decade-long limp through the health system, I had discovered that I had damaged nerve roots. I had sleep apnea. I've got a little autoimmune glitch. So a whole raft of health stuff that set the expectation that I would have to live with chronic pain for the rest of my life. Oh, my goodness, and no one wants that, do they? <laughs> no, no. So that was that was what I was told, and I believed that until I discovered the work of Professor Lorimer Mosley. So he's an Australian pain researcher. He's originally from Canberra. And I discovered his work in the book, The Brain That Changes Itself, which is by Norman Doidge. And um, there's a chapter in there on chronic pain being the dark side of neuroplasticity. And I almost didn't read that chapter, you know, because I knew all about how dark it could get. And, but happily, though, it was winter in Canberra, where I live, and I, I didn't want to get out of bed to find myself another <laughs> book. So I, I ploughed on and I discovered that it was possible to recover from chronic pain, even if you'd had it for a long time. So once I knew that, it became unacceptable to keep going the way that I was because I was in so much pain and the way that I was 
self-managing and the medication. It didn't work and it was horrible, the side effects and my quality of life and it was just was so bad. So I jumped on the internet and I listened to all of Professor Mosley's uh, talks. He's got a whole lot of really interesting talks on YouTube and I read his books and I even went to the university library and read some of his published research papers and in one of those papers I found a woman who sounded just like me and I read it and I got really excited because she had recovered, she was fully recovered and I could understand the science, I could understand the theory but I wasn't sure how to put it into practice And what I was specifically interested in was the holy trinity of graded exposure, changing the inputs to your nervous system, and also activity pacing. So I set out to, I created myself a set of tools that allowed me to put that framework into practice over time. So the idea is that if day-to-day you can stay below your flare-up point as you're going about your activities, that over time you wind down your nervous system and you can do more and hurt less. But it's really hard to do because you've got to get that balance right. So I, I invented this system of tools. Initially they were two sets of physical card decks and a paper score sheet. And I got really brave and I shared what I was doing with my healthcare team, so my physiotherapist, and I also went sort of pain psychologist who worked with the, sorry, were you going to ask a question? I was just going to say, what was their response? Were they like, oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so they were. I got really brave. I showed my physio what I was doing and he said, that's brilliant. It could help lots of people. He was really excited for me. And it turned out that um, Professor Mosley had actually worked in his same physio clinic when he first, when he was uh, practising down in Canberra. So he was very excited. And then when I went to see the psychologist, just to sanity check what I was doing, she again was really excited for me. She said, oh, I wish I had thought of it. Um, And you could help a lot of people. And importantly, too, I needed to hear from her that I was extrapolating the science correctly. Yeah. And there was this moment in our conversation when I, I said at the very beginning, I said, so is it true? Can I get rid of this chronic pain? And it felt like an eternity between when she answered. And she said, yes, it just takes time. So it takes the right team, the right tools and time. So once you had that validation and you could see that you were beginning to get some results for yourself, was the impetus, I, I want to help other people? Yeah, so at that time I knew that it was really exciting, the idea of being able to do something with with the um, system that I'd created. And I'd had a startup previously, so I had a, a taste of the excitement of startup life. But at that time I knew I just needed to fix myself and that if I could help some other people down the track, then that would be a bonus. And how long was that journey from discovering the book to implementing your own strategies and then coming up with the idea for Brain Changer? It was a couple of years in experimenting in building the system and using it myself for my own recovery. Um, And I date my recovery from October 2016, which is when I worked my first 
um, eight-hour computer-based workday, pain-free. And then uh, I connected with the Innovation Network here in Canberra and applied to their accelerator. They've got a, they run an accelerator and was accepted into that. And so the company company was formed and it's been running for the last four years. And so you said you have had a startup before. Was that invaluable when you were coming to bring Brain Changer to fruition, having had past experience of bringing a product from scratch? It was in that um, I had a network that I knew that I could tap into and the lessons that I learned from that early startup, it was we were playing with the idea of augmented reality as a marketing platform and everyone loved the idea (laughs) but no one wanted to pay for it so (laughs) so and uh, with hindsight it would have been smarter to have learnt that that we should have drawn the line under it a bit sooner but we didn't spend a whole lot of time or money on it but conversely when uh, we started the brain changer company we very quickly found a customer for our product very quickly. And so that was the validation that we were doing something that was solving a problem. So what were the challenges in bringing it to market? Uh, So the biggest challenge that I've faced, I have to say, is time because there's so much work involved in, in a startup and for you know, many years it was really mostly just a team of me and the, you know, pulling in consultants and contractors as we needed them. Uh, but over the last two years we've built a team. So we've now got 10 clinician coaches, we've got a clinical director, uh, we've got a software dev team. So the time that it took to grow the company to be able to um, have enough people to spread the load and continually build things and test them and do that work, important work of innovation. Um, And, of course, I'm a mum too. I'm a mother and a wife and um, my beautiful family need my time too. So I've had to remind myself of that along my journey because it's very, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. It's very easy sometimes to want to throw all of my time and attention into the business and I've got to pull myself back and, you know, walk the walk. Yeah, we do talk about that juggle and I think it's particularly, I don't know, I was going to say stressful, but it's not even stress, but for entrepreneurs that also have families and starting a a new business and, and as you say, wanting to put all your passion into your project and other stuff automatically does kind of slip a bit by the wayside. So what are your recommendations for people that are maybe starting a new business? I would say um, pick something that you're really passionate about because you're going to spend, you're going to be eating, sleeping, breathing it for a long, long time. And also you want to, you'll need a team. So you want to attract the best of the best. So you want your idea to be something really exciting. And when you're assembling a team, what kind of things do you look for? Because they often say, look for people who aren't like you. Yeah, I definitely did that. So I've been able to find people with different skill sets to me um, and people who are really passionate about the work that we're doing so that they're able to see the problems in different ways to what I am and and build on the vision. And back to Brain Changer, what kind of results are your clients seeing from using the program? At the moment, our customers are mostly people that come to us through their workers' comp or CTP system. So an insurer is the payer. 
and we help them solve problems like difficulty sleeping, trouble exercising, movements of everyday life, uh, as well as helping people get back to work. We're very focused on what an individual's goals are. People nominate a set of the activities that they're having trouble doing because of pain and then our clinicians will work with them and our set of tools to start to be able to do those things and then over time they build capacity. Yeah, I think unless you have had chronic pain, it's difficult to imagine how all-consuming it can be. Yeah, well, it's a really, really big global problem. So one in five people in Australia and around the world suffer from chronic pain. And, yeah, the the financial burden of it is absolutely staggering and it's projected to only get worse unless something changes, which is pretty scary. And not wanting to take customers away from you, but how could people adapt what they're doing better or try different techniques to be able to not have the pain in the first place? Like, I mean, you said you were working in a eight hours a day or whatever at a desk. Was that a contributor to your chronic pain issues? In order to change this landscape where chronic pain is a really big problem, we need to have change from the top organisational level and also from the grassroots up. And one of the interesting things that Professor Mosley has been doing is running a pain education program as a pilot in an Armadale primary school. So once you understand how pain works, it means that you can mitigate against the circumstances that could lead you to develop a chronic pain experience. So I've had since recovering, I've had fresh injuries, I've had to have surgeries and all those things could have become instances for a new chronic pain um, experience. But because of the skills and knowledge that I have, I've been able to make sure that didn't happen. So what should people look out for then? The key thing is to understand pain. So when you're experiencing pain, it's because your brain wants you to pay attention to something because pain is a protective mechanism. And the problem, though, is that when you've got chronic pain, if you've been told that the pain is in your brain, it can sound a lot like it's in your head and you're making it up and it's not real. But in actual fact, pain is 100% real 100% of the time. So chronic pain, it's... It's the result of a series of neurobiological maladaptations, so changes in your brain and body, um, and they involve your nervous system and your immune system and your hormone system. And these, they're only possible, the changes are only possible because we're bioplastic. So um, Norman Doidge brought the idea of neuroplasticity to the world but we know now that it's more correct to speak of bioplasticity. So it's always your body and your brain working together. And so bioplasticity is about how our brains and bodies can change in response to experience. So that's how you you can learn um, a new language or a musical instrument. It's how you make memories. So bioplasticity is how you can get, it's the road into chronic pain, but it's also the road out. So is it also about understanding the triggers for your pain? Absolutely. So part of that education um, project in Armadale is helping kids understand what the inputs are to a pain experience. 
So the key thing to know is that your brain is constantly weighing the world for evidence of safety versus danger. And that's because your brain's primary job is to keep you alive. And so what it's doing when it's weighing the world is looking at what's happening in your mind, your body, and your environment. And depending on how it um, weighs those, those inputs, so both positive and negative, will depend on whether your brain generates pain as a protective system. Mm. So an interesting example of this is um, a football player who's torn their cruciate ligament. They'll still, they might still be able to go on and score a winning try. And it's because in the context of their injury, their brain's saying, this is really exciting. We love playing football. We're winning. No problem. Charge ahead. And it's not until afterwards when all that excitement settles down that the player looks at their knee, they see the swelling, the redness, and then they start to experience the pain. So is it also um, similar to, you know, those stories where the mum's kid is trapped under the car and they can lift the car? Is it also in some way? Yeah, yeah. So our brain has got access to this incredible drug cabinet that's far more powerful than anything that you can get from a, a pharmacist. And under stress, your brain makes those chemicals available to you. And yes, you can do extraordinary things. <laughs> and in your case, the extraordinary thing was finding a way around that pain and retraining your brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've had um, so. A lot of people aren't exposed to the science at all and so they don't know that it's a path out. But there are some people that have found the science because it's not new. It's been around for 20 years. And, in fact, Professor Mosley's book was released in the same year that I was injured and it took me 10 years to find it and it was only that I happened across it in, in that other book. Um, but then there's this other raft of people who've, found the science but they don't know how to apply it because you've got to apply it in your daily life because that's where the recovery happens. So another way of thinking about it is that when you've got chronic pain, your nervous system has become sensitised, overly sensitive, and so things that should maybe only hurt a little bit or not at all, they hurt a lot. And so what you do is you need to wind back your nervous system. So that takes time and also the work of weighing the inputs to your nervous system, so making sure you're doing lots of the good stuff, so exercise, um, you know, for me it was meditation, relaxing with friends. You know, there's a whole lot of tools that we have that we make available to people. It's a big smorgasbord possibly. I think the world's largest library of strategies that are positive for pain so people need the right team, healthcare team around them, the right tools, and then it takes time as well. It's not a silver bullet. And the Brain Changer program, how do people access it? Our program is called Boost Recovery by Brain Changer, and people can find out more from our website or if you've got a compensable claim, you could go via your case manager. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tina. It's been really great having you on the show today and um, I've enjoyed hearing about that pain journey. <laughs> Thank you and I would encourage your listeners not to settle for a life of pain um, because there are options available. Thank you so much. 